It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What went wrong as the Thunder suffer their worst loss of the season? We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Thunder suffering their worst loss of the season, SGA bullying the Pistons, but it did not end up mattering and we hand out some therapy ahead of what is one of the most important games of the season tonight. So that's the tricky thing about the NBA schedule. You go from a very disappointing loss to a very important game in less than 24 hours. But thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. So when we dive into this game, the Thunder enter this contest on a five-game winning streak. They enter this contest you know, 14-4 and four since Christmas. Cade Cunningham was a late scratch in this game, and they had just, on the road, held the New Orleans Pelicans to 86 total points. Now, this was an afternoon game. It is the first leg of a back-to-back, but you're in first place, welcoming in Minnesota this next game. The Pistons enter tonight with just five wins, and yet the Thunder suffer this loss. After giving up just 86 total points to Minnesota, the Thunder give up 120 points total, including 46 points in the second quarter. This Thunder team did not in any way, shape, or form play up to their standards or play up to what they expect of themselves on the defensive end. We just got done raving on the last show about how 
good this Thunder team is defensively, about when this Thunder team is on and when they bring it. They're the best defensive team in the NBA because they have so many guys who can do so many great things defensively, being versatile, switching everything, getting in the passing lanes, creating havoc, and just ending possessions. But the Thunder learned a couple of lessons today. And it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to to look at this and and feel disappointed or feel whatever you want to feel because it's an 82-game season, but the standings are so that you're going to look back on these games and it's going to come down to who had fewer of these games, not who had none of these games because these games happen. This happens to every team in the NBA. You just were celebrating 12 hours ago that Minnesota dropped a game to San Antonio. Earlier this year, Boston, who I consider the best team in the NBA, lost to Charlotte, who I consider one of the worst teams in the NBA. So this stuff happens, right? Portland has beat Sacramento, who is clearly, of course, better than them. They've beaten um, you know, Phoenix, who has all those talented scores and, and is better than Portland. Like These things just happen. You're not going to win every game you're supposed to win on paper. And there is context involved of this has been a very jam-packed January. This has been a very tough part of the schedule. And afternoon games typically are funny business, right? Like you typically don't see the Thunder play their best basketball in afternoon games or any team for that matter. That's why players don't really like afternoon games for the most part. But again, it's okay to feel any way you want to feel. It's, let's just put it in context, right? There's a difference in saying, hey, you know what? That was not the way the Thunder play basketball versus going too far on the other end, right? Because there has to be a, a good balance of reaction to this game. There is no excuse for giving up 46 points in a quarter to Detroit. And that just came down to the Thunder, what, what it looked like watching the game. And then, and then J.W. even spoke to this after the game of, you know, they kind of took, they kind of took it for granted a little bit. They got up by 10 points. Things were heading OKC's way early, especially defensively, by the way, like defensively, they really, uh, you know, kind of held their own and, and, and played really well at the start of the game. That was short lived though. Detroit calls that timeout whenever the Thunder get up by 10 points. And then Detroit settles in. The Thunder kind of kind of relax too much and play lackadaisical defense. And then Detroit starts, starts hitting their shots. Whenever the Pistons are shooting 42% from three, uh, this is what Jada spoke to of like they, they kind of let go of the rope a little bit and, and, and kind of forgot or, or, or lapsed their defensive judgment. And by the time that they tried to get back into it and they tried to really hunker down and, and flip the switch again, it was too late. Like these are NBA players. They're not comfortable scoring and you're not going to then take them out of their element, or at least it's very hard to do so. And this is similar to the lessons that they've had to learn uh, against New Orleans, for example, earlier this year, whenever they went up on New Orleans, big 20 points on national television and blew that lead. Like these things happen through the course of the year. These things are, are, are stuff you just have to learn how to deal with. You have to learn how to deal with, Hey, entering this game, they were the, the, the sole possession of first place. Everyone was doing a victory lap. You're welcoming in Minnesota the next game. That's going to be a lot of fun as you head back home for a, a long a long homestand the first time since the end of December where you can really unpack your bag, so to say, at home. That's all stuff that you're looking forward to, but you still got to go out and beat Detroit. Any team in the NBA can beat anybody, and that is something that I'm very comfortable with the Thunder knowing how to do because they've, they've proven it. Again, this is an 82-game season. We have a much larger sample size of this Thunder team being uncommon, 
of this Thunder team taking care of business, of this Thunder team not falling into these traps, that when they do fall into these traps, while it is disappointing, it's tough to get to that irrational level that a lot of people can get to. Because you also got to put it into the context of this is the NBA. At the end of the day, this no one can excuse what happened defensively, especially. They did not play even remotely close to, to quality defense against Detroit. Like you look at this game and you see Detroit score 120 points, that they shot sp- shooting splits of 49, 42, and like 79 from the free throw line. They only had nine turnovers the Pistons did. Now, to OKC's credit, they only turned the ball over 10 times. But again, that nine points, you know, I'm sorry, that nine turnovers that they gave to Detroit, that is just so low comparatively to where the Thunder are typically at. The Thunder typically turn you over nonstop. And they only got nine turnovers against Detroit. They were out-rebounded by 10 rebounds. And then here comes another aspect of not playing the Thunder style. The Thunder got four fast-break points and let up 15. The Thunder typically dominate fast break points whenever they're clicking on all cylinders. And so when you just look at the simple shooting numbers, Detroit shot 42% from three, the Thunder shot 28% from three. The Thunder only made 66% of their free throws, and they shot 47% from the floor as a team. OKC let up 19 second chance points, only had 15 of their own. OKC had a... a you know, of course, one more turnover than Detroit. But both teams were deadlocked in points in the paint, 56 all, which is another area that the Thunder have uh, pretty well won a lot of the times this year. But this was just an inexcusable defensive display. I think that everyone top to bottom in that organization would say so. But it's not an example of who they are. It's not an example of, of, of this now being what this Thunder team is. And I think that oftentimes when you're looking at this Thunder team, especially in Oklahoma, you can look at it through this football prism of every game defines your season. Every game changes what you're able to accomplish or not. The Thunder could easily win this game tonight against Minnesota. They could easily welcome in the Timberwolves and beat them by a solid margin. And then those same people who are freaking out right now will start to crown this team as a championship level team again. It cannot be that drastic. It cannot be that kind of ups and downs with this roster, with this team. You look at last year's team. No one in their right mind of of being honest and truthful about last year's team. No one would call that a a disappointment. Nobody would call that a failure. Nobody would call that anything short of a really successful season for that team. That is what we can all agree on about last year's Thunder team. And they lost in Detroit. They lost in Indiana. They lost really games that they should have won on paper, games that would have helped them a lot to win on paper that they dropped, but they still were able to have a successful year. No one would call this Boston season to this point a disaster or a bad season or, or be calling for massive changes to their roster. And they lost to Charlotte. You know, Minnesota. The last week, it's not been kind to them to lose to Charlotte, to lose to San Antonio. Again, you go back to you know Sunday of last week, and Thunder fans were complaining about how easy the Minnesota schedule has been, and they haven't taken advantage of it. You're still tied for first place entering this game on Monday. That's life in the NBA. That's how basketball goes. 
We'll talk about more of this game, plus your takeaways, and including a little therapy session as well, uh, all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at eBay Motors. Check them out today. That's eBay Motors. They're there for you to keep your ride or die alive because passion, drive, and patience, those are what helps you bring home that winning trophy, that championship, but it's also what helps you keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you could ever want to maintain your vehicle. It has it from the, you know, keeping you in the peak performance with their superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're you know, looking to get into speed, the power, the style, whatever you want, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from, it's the number one uh, for your ride or die because they have exactly what you're looking for, and it's exactly going to guarantee fit in your car with eBay's guaranteed fit. That's the part about it that I love. I don't know anything about cars, but I do know my make, my model, my year. When I give them that info, they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. So check it out today and keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com, ebaymotors.com. Also, I want to tell you right now, what are good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's incredible. It's a, a great time to go to FanDuel at fanduel.com slash locked on because not only do you have a very fun week, of NBA action from top to bottom. It's going to start on Monday against Minnesota. Wednesday, the Thunder play the Nuggets. And this is just a Thunder schedule, not to mention the rest of the uh, NBA landscape this week, which is going to be so fun. You have college basketball, you have the NHL, but the big game is set and you can check out the big game on FanDuel. They have everything that you could want uh, to help uh, make the big game even more enjoyable. You can bet on it at America's number one sports book. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday is exciting. It's all about scoring uh, the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and beverages and attacking these fan duel bets because they're so fun with the player props, with the uh, over-unders, with the spread, uh, with parlays. It's all great. Uh, And if you go there today, new customers uh, join today and get $200 in bonus bets if you place that $5 bet Go there right now and get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, check it out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You don't have to wait, though, until the big game. You can go check out NBA action, which is including uh, tonight's game against Minnesota, uh, or you can check out the Bucks and Nuggets playing. That'll be a great one. Uh, the Nuggets are currently four and a half point favorites in Denver. So check it out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thinner Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Look, SGA just simply bullied the, the Pistons, just bullied them. And it was, it was kind of disappointing, of course, to waste a game like this from SGA, who tried so hard to will the Thunder back into it, putting up 31 points in three quarters, shooting 65% from the floor, one for one from three, four for five from the charity stripe, five rebounds, four assists, a steal in just 29 minutes of action. Real quickly, he did bump knees with Jaden Ivey. That's how he got hurt last time against Jalen Suggs and the, and the Magic. He missed a game due to that. Uh, so monitor that moving forward today as we get closer to tip off against Minnesota. Now, SGA could do no wrong in this game. He was finishing through Detroit Pistons with with grown man finishes and strength. Uh, he also was using his pump fakes to free himself up so well. This might have been the best game from SGA footwork-wise, which is saying a ton due to how elite he is 
at you know using his feet and using his footwork to his advantage because there's like absolutely zero wasted movements from SGA from his pump fakes to his footwork to his gather like every part of his you know movements every part of the way that he moves his body on the offensive end has a purpose and serves a purpose to get him open he was fantastic he again took over the game in the third quarter but just could just could not push through uh in terms of the scoreboard because of the the, the the poor defense from the entire team. This was a game, though, from, from SGA offensively that was just a clinic. It was just a clinic. You could not stop SGA. You could not guard him. He just bullied the Pistons and just imagine what this game looks like without SGA in it. Uh, but there is a, a branch off of this tree about SGA that I think is interesting to talk about. Because I think that when you lose a game as a team who has expectations on them because right, wrong, or indifferent. We can go back and forth about what was happening preseason. The conversation about this team preseason. We can go back and forth about uh, if the you know, if this conversation should have changed. The bottom line is the conversation has changed. People expect the Thunder win games. They expect the Thunder to win games like this. This you know fan base and and even some in the national landscape of the NBA have changed their viewpoint on the Thunder. And again, we can debate this throughout the week if that's if that's right or wrong, but that's what it is. And so when that happens, everything is under a microscope. And when you come up short and when you get a disappointing result and when you don't don't do something right, then everything under that microscope is going to skew the wrong way. And there's a few things I think were not rational about what was happening in the discourse of this game. From fans even to some some you know, peers, everyone. Let's start with SGA and the conversation of putting him back in. Look, the Thunder didn't put him back in. You can t- take that as waving the white flag, but at the end of the day, you're bent over a barrel in that, in that scenario. What do you, what are you to do? There is a human element of all of this. Yes. The Thunder could have gone on a 30 0 run like Dallas did. Right. Uh, and they could have tried to make a comeback. Dallas still lost that game by the way, but still they could have gone on a huge run. And got back in this game. But the likelihood of what you saw today in that 48-minute chunk, because again, you're only coaching this game. You're not coaching the whole season. You're coaching this game. In that 48-minute segment, what you saw today was terrible effort defensively, a Thunder team that looked disinterested at times, a Thunder team that was not going to win this game. So you cannot say all those things you know, throughout the course of the whole game of how bad the Thunder looked, of how they looked like they, they, looked like they didn't want to be there, how they were going to lose this game. You cannot say all those things and then at the very end go, wait, but you should have put SGA back in the game. Because the human element told you this was not the Thunder's night. They did not have it. And there was just nothing uh, th- that that could have panned out other than how they played defense with it in the first segment, the first, you know, five minutes, six minutes of the game. If they played defense like that the whole time, they would have won. They didn't do that though. And they got down big and they rested Shea. Here's the thing where I think it's unfair. Because I have been one to express, hey, I didn't, I don't love not playing Wiggins at times. I don't love whenever Kenny Hustle got a DNP. I, I, I'm willing to talk about those things. But I think that it gets a little bit overblown in this game in particular on a few different accounts. Let's start with SGA first. You put him back in the game. Everything about this game told you the Thunder were not going to win this game. Because again, they he went supernova mode SGA went takeover mode he he played fantastic in the third quarter you gained no progress you were still down 14 like he did all those things already in this game in this very game and it didn't grant you anything so so 
you put him back in the game, and then the conversation is, well, why'd you put Shea back in? That's just more minutes on his body on the first night of the back-to-back. There's another more important game tomorrow, and he bumped knees with Jaden Ivey. That's what you'd be saying right now had they put him back in. And now that they didn't put him back in, well, you waved the white flag. They could have gone on a big run. And then, God forbid, he gets hurt. Again, if you put him back in, he gets hurt. Then everyone's calling for Mark's head right now. It's okay to wave the white flag at times. I know that that's not, you know, something that back in my day, we tried to win every game for 48 minutes. And I tell you what, we just, we just reared up there and tried to win one for the Gipper. I get it. I get it. Right. Like, but the Thunder clearly were not going to win this game. This was just not their night. So why put him out there? And that's what you'd been saying. How they put him back out there. That is just a, a conversation that gets spread because they're in this position because they're on this side of the conversation. There was no point to play him. No point. Even though in a hypothetical world, they could have gone on a big run. Let's talk J-Dub, who was really good, I thought. 20 points, a rebound, three assists, two for three from three, uh, eight for six from the floor, two for four from the line. Really good in the sense of offensively, defensively, everyone was just not to their standard. Uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, you know, missed a lot of shots. It was four for 11, one for five from three. Didn't have it on offense. Nine points, 12 rebounds and assists, a block. Uh, he had some nice rims and turns in the first quarter, but the entire team defense did lapse uh, down the stretch. And then uh, I thought Chet was was better rebounding the ball again, uh, was better using his body on box outs and was better mixing it up as he was against Jonas. Uh, but it was just not a consistent uh, effort. And that's that's the key phrase. Consistent effort was not there for the Thunder. Here's another mark. Conversation tree. Keontae Johnson minutes. He played 12 minutes. He was a plus four in those 12 minutes. He had two rebounds, five points, two for three from uh shooting uh the from the four, one for well, one from three. He had really good defense. He provided a spark. Listen, this is what I'm talking about with crutches. The second that Keontae Johnson goes into this game, everyone on Twitter is freaking out about they're playing developmental minutes. They're playing uh guys who who need development. Why are they still experimenting? This they're not experimenting. They're not experimenting at all with this decision to play Kathy Johnson. This was an NBA decision. You look at 30 teams in the NBA. You look at every team, every roster makeup, every coach, no matter if they love playing young guys or hate playing young guys, no matter if they're uh, you know, Boston or if they're Portland or if they're Detroit, if you have this bad of a game defensively and you have this bad of an energy game, and you have this lack of a spark, you're going to play your roster. You're going to play your young rookie who has shown in the G League that he can provide a boost and who did provide a boost in this game. Look at the energy. Go back and watch his possessions and look how much better he was defensively than his teammates tonight. Keanthe Johnson was not the problem. He was not an experiment. He was not developing on minutes. Keanthe Johnson was an NBA decision. And those buzzwords are all people can lapse onto. They have not evolved with their expectations. They have not evolved with their discourse. They've not evolved with what's been happening for this Thunder team. If you sat there and thought that Keontae Johnson was an experiment, that's just lazy. It's just lazy. That is what basketball coaches do at every level, every team, and every expectation level for their team. That's just a decision that they make with their roster. Let's talk Josh Giddy, then let's talk about your takeaways all coming up, including previewing tonight's game against Minnesota. But first, I want to say right now, 
My good friends over at Quiz with three eyes, like an NBA three-pointer, go check them out today because it's a lot of fun. I don't know about you, but I love trivia, uh, and this makes it so fun uh, because I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about trivia in the broad sense of like there are some trivia folks who know every category, who know every subject matter, who like do trivia. Uh, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a bozo, right? I only talk about sports, only know about sports. And so with quiz with three eyes, like a three pointer, you can have the next generation trivia experiment uh, experience. It is this opportunity for you to go on this platform, go on this game and earn money. Quizzing, quizzing about sports, including your Oklahoma city thunder. This is a little tease example. Which coach led the Thunder to the 2011, 2012 NBA finals? If you can answer that, you can go win money at quiz with three eyes. It's a lot of fun. You can take quizzes about sports, including the NBA quizzes, which are a lot of fun. Uh, You can turn this into real cash, real cash. You can play with friends, other fans, and test your knowledge all the way to the bank. So go check it out today. You can play without downloading anything by just going to app.quizqm. U-I-I-I-Z.com uh, and start playing today. NBA quizzes is the ultimate uh, knowledge challenge for the fans that live and breathe basketball. So check it out today at quiz. And just so you know, you can go and put in Scott Brooks and you can go have a lot of fun uh, with it at quiz uh, app.quiz.com with three eyes. So go check it out today. Uh, that's go to app.quiz.com to test your knowledge, to get cash today. Uh, that's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. That's app.quiz.com, where fans become champions. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Theater Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's talk Josh Giddy, another crutch for a lot of fans who are very disappointed. This is what Josh Giddy's game was, right? Like, this is what it was. Forget about the, the, the previous games of the season. Forget about his body of work as a player. Just talk about this game. Let's just take a deep breath and talk about this game. He attacked Killian Hayes extremely strong and had a beautiful spin move finish at the rim. He he was exploitive of that Killian Hayes matchup again, using a bump fade like we saw in FIBA that knocked down in the mid-range. He ran the floor, bumped Isaiah Stewart off a spot to finish in transition. Like Those were all really fantastic plays from him. He shot 50% from the floor, put up 12 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, a block, and went 0 for 1 from 3, 2 for 2 from the stripe. Let's review those misses, right? Let's just take this break. Let's just break every part of it down. His misses. Number one, he missed a three. Okay, he shot one three. He missed it. 
that's liable to happen to Shea and anyone else in the NBA. Okay, he missed an open three. Number two, he missed an open shot, which he created for himself off the dribble in the mid-range, taking advantage of being matched up with Isaiah Stewart. That is something that every single person who's watched Josh Giddy play wants him to try to do more of, wants him to learn how to do, wants him to, to figure out how to do, is create for himself off the dribble as a score. He did that. It looked smooth. It looked good. The shot didn't go in. That shot goes in. It's a totally, totally different conversation. That's how thin the margins are for, for what people will or won't complain about. Another one, he runs the pick and roll and comes off that pick and roll screen uh, and misses a midi. And this time, you know, he was with Olivier Saar on the floor. No offense to Olivier Saar. At that point, it doesn't matter what's going on in the grand scheme of things. So why not use your opportunity to try something like that, which is what the Thunder have wanted to unlock from him and what fans who don't who, who don't agree with, you know, uh, playing Josh Kitty have wanted from him to do too is, is create for himself and, and be able to score more. He's trying that. He had a floater late that he missed. I, I would not have gone up with that floater. He had one in traffic that I wouldn't have gone up with. So he had two shots that I just would not have have preferred he take out of you know the, the 10 or whatever that he took this game. That was not the reason why he got blown up by the Pistons. Like that, that just wasn't. And you can talk about his defense. He absolutely played bad defense with the team. The team played bad defense. So when you look at Josh Giddy as a defender, you are never going to want him to be a point of attack defender. You're never going to want him on an island. You're never going to want him defending in space. Like he is a team defender. So if the team plays bad defense, that's going to fall and ripple onto him. If you actually look at just him in a vacuum, he fought hard through screens, which was better than what he typically had done. He looked more engaged defensively. That has been a common theme from him, fighting hard through screens, body positioning, and being more engaged defensively. Those have been common themes for him for the last month. So like that's been all good. The problem is, is that doesn't amount to anything if the rest of your team is playing bad as a team defender. So you know you really look at this and you're really just upset at the rest of the team for not playing good defense, but he's the easy guy to crutch onto of, oh, why are they playing Josh Giddy? right? Then the other thing was playing Josh Giddy with the bench lineups where, where Michich usually plays. Michich is 30 years old. He has self-admitted, hey, you know, I'm still getting used to the NBA schedule, still getting used to the NBA pace, still getting used to the NBA uh, athletes, still getting used to all of this. A 30-year-old on a condensed schedule in January and a back-to-back ahead, maybe that's an explanation for why, you know, Michich didn't play tonight. That's just, an, that's just an assumption based upon context, but maybe that's why. But it all reverts back to, if you're upset with Josh Giddy this game, again, it just comes back to laziness. It comes back to, you might not have watched the game or, or watched it with intent or, you're just looking for an easy target to get mad at because we've criticized Josh Giddy on this show. We've been very fair to Josh Giddy, I believe, on this show uh, of when he deserves praise, when he deserves criticism. You can go look at the comments and see a lot of the Josh Giddy fans have really not liked me of late. But this was not a game to be critical of Josh Giddy. It just wasn't. You know, you, you can be critical of not playing Micic. Again, use the context of being 30 years old and still not getting used to the NBA or, or speed or schedule. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that would be a little bit of a context clue for you. I don't know for sure, uh, but sure, you can get you can kind of uh, get upset with that because Micic, uh, you know, in that rotation with the secondary unit has played really well and, and it has kind of found his footing. Uh, but other than that, like Josh Giddy as a player, this game was not the issue. Now you can talk about how. Um, you know, do you agree with that fit of a team defender who, when the team doesn't, you know, follow through with their end of the bargain defensively, then their flaws are exploited. Is that a natural fit? Is that a good fit? Is there something more you can do uh, to, to help the entire team as a whole? That is something completely different. 
but just focusing and zeroing in on Josh Giddy this game is a bit unfair. Is a bit unfair. Let's talk about your takeaways. Uh, and just remember, no team is going to go 82-0. No team will be perfect or even good or even mediocre for an entire season. You will not find a team who just played mediocre ball all season. Every single team has played a bad game. And this was a bad game. Flat out a bad game. They're in the draining part of their schedule, but everything is still on track for OKC. Now, MVP of this game is SGA. Let's talk about the Monday game against Minnesota, but first get your takeaways. So your takeaways have been pretty much stuff we've already addressed. Uh, this one from Thunder OG, we need to make a trade. You're going to say otherwise or make excuses for the organization, but we're not going anywhere without more size and physicality. I've been very open about I think that the Thunder should improve this roster. Now, I, I, I'll push back on needing to go get a star or needing to go all in, but the Thunder should make improvements on the margin. They should make improvements to this team this season. I think that they're going to do that. I think that their that their record shows that they'll do that. Uh, track record as a front office shows that they'll do that at the deadline. I believe that they did last year improve this team. And that's not even in hindsight. Go back and listen to last year's trade deadline podcast where everyone's freaking out and acting as though they've actually gone the other way. I was the lone voice talking about how they improved their roster with that move uh, of getting Sarge on this roster you know, and, and training at Muscala. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think that, they'll, that they will do, a, you know, do a, a move to improve this roster. It's just not going to be, I don't think, some some shiny star, all right? It's just, it, but it will, I think, improve their rebounding or size or physicality, if you want to put it that way. I think that it'll improve this roster, period. Um, Mark says, what's the record at the beginning of the season? Would you have taken this record? Move on and don't overreact to be my advice right now. Totally agree. You know, everyone at the start of this season would think that, you know, sitting here still after this loss, tied for top in the West uh, against Minnesota would be a fever dream would be a fever dream um, for this team. But in the moment, of course, people are going to be disappointed, but I totally agree. Like this 32 and 14 is still vastly impressive. And you got to keep that in perspective. Uh, Steve, my good pal, Steve McGee, he says, Detroit may not have a winning record, but if they play with this type of effort level, uh, they would. Yeah, this this effort tonight from Detroit was really impressive. Um, and, and I think that Detroit does have some good players, which is, which is like, they're not a six-win team. I don't know why that things have spiraled for them. You'd have to go listen to Lockdown Pistons with Koo, who does a fantastic job covering the, the Detroit Pistons. He actually tells me why on this podcast, why they're so bad, uh, which you can go find out over there. His his podcast in the midst of that losing streak were just can't miss podcast. Uh, but they actually have really talented players. And you saw that whenever you let them get to their spots and you let them score, which the Thunder did, they're going to beat you. And they did beat you in this game. Uh, so a lot of you left takeaways that are just extremely... Uh, kind of vent sessions, which I, I, I know that you, that you need at time. Uh, lots of, lots of talent in this league. It's the NBA. Things happen. That's from Jimmy and Craig uh, for sure. This, of course, I think the biggest thing is it stings so much because you know that the margins for error and the standings are so thin. You just, you know, that these games, like if you, if you have many of them, they'll, you know, bite you, but you also have the ability to go offset them just as Minnesota and OKC do this week, <laughs> you know, today, have the ability to offset them. Whoever wins that game will feel incredibly good about themselves moving forward. Uh, I've, I really addressed all of these takeaways um, through the course of the show today, uh, which I think uh, you all will, will either agree or disagree with. <laughs> but I do appreciate everyone who took the time to um, to leave a takeaway, to leave a, a thought on this game. I love doing them and kind of seeing what all... Uh, 
you all think. Um, this last one from KM, uh, Jalen Duran dominated this game. The Thunder need another big. Jalen Duran was incredible tonight. It was really, really good. And he's a really, really good player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Thunder, the Thunder could absolutely use, uh, you know, an improvement on this roster, which is what we've been saying this entire time. I really love the idea of getting Kelly Olenek. Uh, there's other players who I like. We did a podcast not too long ago uh, about potential targets and, and stuff to do with it, with the uh, trade deadline. So you can go back and listen to that. We'll do more trade deadline coverage uh, throughout this entire um, time here uh, leading up to the, the, the deadline and seeing what the Thunder are going to do. Uh, so tonight against Minnesota, the Thunder got to monitor, will SGA play? That's a big question. I'm personally going to monitor, will things get chippy? You know, you had the you had the Anthony Edwards SGA kind of jabbing at each other last game, where where post game Anthony Edwards was making comments in the press uh, about SGA and how tough a Thunder are to guard. Whenever SGA gets to the line, SGA goes on Instagram and and kind of jabs at him with his caption about uh, they talk about my post game and not my post game. Uh, Rudy Gobert, of course, is a wild card. You just never know. Uh, he he's liable to. I mean, for goodness sake, he got in a fight with Kenny Hustle last year. He got in a fight with Kenny Hustle. He might flex on Chet, like things could get uh, wild there. So just will things get a little chippy for the last time as these two teams uh, meet up, I, I think will be very interesting. Uh, and then this is a really important game for both sides, a very, very, very important game. And they're both trying to uh, make a game up from reeling from giving away a game to San Antonio and giving away a game to Detroit, respectively. Uh, each team tied a course at 32 and 14 coming into the uh, Paycom Center. Mike Conley's questionable, so that's another uh, injury report to monitor uh, throughout the day. And then this is going to test the Thunder a little bit. How are they going to respond from, from the second night of a back-to-back with travel involved? Luckily for the Thunder, of course, it was an afternoon to night game, so the afternoon to night game gets you a few hours. But uh, it's it's Timberwolves on Monday. It's the Nuggets on Wednesday. It's going to be very fascinating to watch OKC, who has not lost more than, more than two games in a row all season long. We're going to recap this game for you and everything this week. We're going to have a T-Wolves recap on Tuesday, Wednesday, a special guest, Thursday, the Nuggets recap, Friday, mailbag, Saturday, Hornets recap, uh, and then Monday, Raptors recap. So we're going to have it all for you. Leave a like, a comment, a review, uh, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.